When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host Tom on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. Where do I start with this one? Wow. Rams fall to the Ravens 37-31 to in overtime. How can you at one moment feel so ecstatic about the product your team puts on the field, how they show up, and how they take one of the best teams in the league to the mat to the very end, but then... At the same time, so disappointed with a couple of blunders, missed opportunities, and the Rams come away with a loss and drop to 6-7. and seven. Hey, you got to feel really good about where this team is at. Like they were saying on the Fox pregame show, this is a team nobody's going to want to play in the playoffs. The problem is the Rams have to get there, and it's not over. But man, if they had been able to close this deal in Baltimore would have been a heck of a step towards the playoffs. They're not out of it. Just going to be a little bit tougher of a road. They're going to need to win their next three, and I think they will. As I'm putting together my thoughts for this podcast, one minute I'm thinking about, wow, what a disappointment. And then I'm back to, what a fantastic win. This is going to be fun. And then finally, how disappointed. And that's where I'm at at this point. This one stings, but at the same time, this is a really good football team. Just a bummer that they couldn't come out of here with a win. They travel across the country to play a 9-3 and football team, 10-3 and now, clearly one of the top three or four teams in the league. And that team is coming off a bye, and that team has one of the best defenses in the league. And for most of this game, the Rams looked like the better team. Just a few blunders on the field and on the sideline really cost us a win. Can't be overly disappointed with how our defense played, although we did have three significant breakdowns. Can't be disappointed with our offense, how they performed against a really good defense. Disappointed that we played so well, but just gave up a few big plays that cost us. 
on defense and on special teams. But I'll tell you this, we were certainly entertained. A wild and exciting first half, Ravens picked up one first down and punted on their first two drives. In between that, the Rams drove for a field goal. They ran on their first nine plays, and then from the nine-yard line, not the best place to be with a first and goal, thought they'd play action through three straight incompletions and settled for the field goal. I mean, most people would say they should have ran it there. That's probably the right call, but at a minimum, play action, right? Baltimore answered real quickly. The first blunder in our secondary, Isaiah likely the tight end, is wide open, likely a busted coverage by John Johnson. 54-yard scoring play, and the Ravens lead 7-3. The Rams answered quickly. The big play on that drive, a third and two pass from the Rams 33 for 22 yards to Demarcus Robinson. They tacked on a 15-yard penalty, and on the next play, 27 yards to Cup. And then on third and goal, Stafford to Cup for the TD. And that was a beautiful thing, that throw. Stafford getting rid of the ball under pressure. Cup had not even turned yet, and the ball dropped into his arms for an easy TD. I thought Stafford was throwing it away, but I should know better. So the Rams were up 10-7. And then another busted coverage by the Rams, and another TD for the Ravens. This one, a 46-yarder to OBJ. Jordan Fuller takes the blame for this one. And you know what? He's played really well all year. I'd like to give him a pass on this, but it did cost us seven points. Ravens forced a three and out on the Rams' next possession, but an offsides on the punt gives the ball back to the Rams, and they capitalized. Puka Nakua gets 34 yards on third and four, and Davis Allen. The tight end out of Clemson gets his first NFL TD and the Rams retake the lead 17-14. The next drive is where Akilah Witherspoon had that interception on that deep ball from Lamar Jackson. And thanks to a third and 16 conversion, Stafford to that guy again, Davis Allen. And the Rams are able to get into a position for a 51-yard field goal. I thought they might punt here. That's a risky attempt there because if it misses and... You know, odds are he was going to miss it. Lucas Haversick has not been good from outside 35 yards or so. If he misses it, Ravens are in great field position, but he hits the 51-yarder. And the Rams are up 20-14. to 14. Ravens drive for a late field goal, so they go to halftime. The Rams up 20-17. to 17. Rams punted on their first four possessions of the second half, but after the Ravens had tied it up 20-20, to 20, it was their defense that got on the board That was the weird snap. Lamar Jackson wasn't ready. The ball goes sailing by him into the end zone. Jackson kicks it out of the end zone for a safety, and the Rams are up 22-20. Ravens retook the lead 23-20 on a field goal, and then things got even crazier. The Rams go 75 yards on seven plays. The big play, a 21-yard pass, Stafford to Davis Allen, and then 23 yards to Puka, and the Rams cash in. Stafford to Demarcus Robinson. The Rams up by five late in the game. They go for two, but fail. So their lead is just 28 to 23. Now, if they had kicked the extra point here to go up 29 to 23, it might have worked out better for them, but that was the right decision at that point. You don't want to be put in a position where a touchdown beats you. Being up five or six, really no difference at this point. The Ravens put together a 13-play, 75-yard drive, though, to retake the lead with 122 left, scoring on a third and 17 pass. 
Lamar Jackson to rookie Zay Flowers. Flowers also gets a two-point conversion, and now the Rams are down 31-28 to with less than two minutes left. And this is that point where I was saying, well, you know what? We had a good day. We came close. Nice effort by our Rams. But then Stafford hits Demarcus Robinson for 19 yards, a 34-yard pass to Cup, and suddenly the Rams have a shot. But they butchered the timeout. And actually, after the game, Sean McVay saying that they were having headset issues, could not get the play in, so they had to call the timeout, denying them an extra shot at the end zone. And Lucas Haversick comes in and kicks the game-tying field goal. In overtime, the Ravens get the ball first, and the Rams force a three and out and just need a field goal to win. Austin Trammell bobbles the punt, recovers it, probably costs the Rams five or ten yards in field position. And then we had another self-destructing moment, third and four, and the Rams take a delay of game penalty. It looked to me like Stafford was calling for the ball, and Coleman Shelton just wasn't hiking it, so they take the five-yard penalty and on third and nine, Stafford can't connect with Davis Allen. Allen probably should have had it, might have picked up the first down, hard to say, but the Rams have to punt. Hey, you know what? We always have a special teams moment pretty much every game, don't we? Had a couple of minor ones with Austin Trammell muffing two punts, but the Ravens return the punt for a touchdown. Now, there was a pretty obvious block in the back on this. It doesn't get called, but nonetheless... Ravens seal the win with the punt return and win 37-31. to Pretty crushing moment. Hey, if you told me that our offense was going to have these stats, I figured we'd win for sure. Matthew Stafford, 23 of 41 for 294 yards and three TDs. Kyron Williams, 25 rushes for 114 yards. Cooper Cup, eight catches for 115 yards and one TD. Puka Nakua, five catches for 84 yards. He had a couple amazing catches, and then he had a really bad drop. Davis Allen, first significant action of his career, and this was after Tyler Higby was scratched, inactive, and then Hunter Long hurt early in the game. So Davis Allen and Bryson Hopkins come on, and Davis Allen becomes the primary tight end, and four catches for 50 yards, so good for him. Demarcus Robinson, three catches for 46 yards. On defense, Byron Young had that sack, and Akilo Witherspoon had the interception. On the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson's stats, suspiciously very similar to Matthew Stafford's. 24 for 43 for 316 yards, three TDs, and one interception. So he threw two more passes and had one more completion He also ran for 70 yards. OBJ, his second best outing of the year, four catches for 97 yards. Isaiah likely five for 83. Zay Flowers, six for 60. He seemed to do most of his damage late in the game. This is where I get into my fearsome four big plays of the game. And you know what? There are probably about 20. (laughs) This was a very entertaining game. Big swings in momentum. One of the better games of the year, probably entertainment-wise, maybe not from a Rams perspective when all is said and done, but still a fun game. Let's talk about the four big plays that allowed the Ravens to pull this win off. First was the 52-yard pass play to Isaiah Likely. That was an early backbreaker, gave the Ravens an early TD. 
This is supposed to be a bend-don't-break defense. Maybe the Ravens, with two weeks to prepare, saw something that was to their advantage and capitalized seven points for the Ravens on that one. And then not much later, another big play for some big play number two, OBJ for 46 yards. Kind of similar, another broken coverage. Both our safeties have been victimized at this point. And then for some big play number three at the end of regulation, third and 17, the Ravens trying to take the lead. Rams trying to close it out. And Lamar Jackson hit safe flowers for the go-ahead touchdown. Rams were able to come back and tie it up, but would have been nice to close it out there right then and there. This is where you're hoping Aaron Donald makes a play. But man, so tough to make a play against a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. And then Fearsome big play number four, the punt return. Should have been a call on that. Should have been a block in the back. But, but Ravens had the ball just needing a field goal. So Rams were going to be in a bad spot regardless. And there were plenty of big plays by the Rams as well. That gift first down by the Ravens, jumping off sides on the punt. That third and 16 conversion by Davis Allen. The 51-yard field goal by Lucas Haversick. That gift two points the Ravens gave us on that safety. I'm not sure how big that drop by Puka was. That one hurt. And the Rams had a lot of big plays from Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both had some really big plays as well. Get through some game notes. Rams were really racked up with some injuries during this game. Hunter Long, that injury did not look good. Felt so bad for him. Looked like he was finally going to get some significant game action with Tyler Higby out. Tutu Atwell also left the game. I thought he had hurt his leg. Looked like it got twisted awkwardly, but they said it was concussion. Rob Havenstein left the game and was replaced by Joseph Nopum. Hopefully that's not serious. Bobby Brown and Ben Skaronic both got knocked out of the game, but they both returned. That nine straight runs by the Rams to start the game, that was the most to start a game in the NFL this year. And I have to share something that's been kind of bothering me. They share this stat. The Ravens are 18-1 against NFC teams, now 19-1. I have to tell you, I'm pretty sure that's a meaningless stat. I mean, what's the cause effect here? I don't get it. It's interesting, but it's trivial. Are there any kudos to hand out here? I guess we'll have to give a shout out to Lucas Haversick. He proved himself a little bit today. Maybe Mason Crosby is just here to press him a little bit. Maybe Haversick is the guy. Kyron Williams, man, he runs so hard. And the whole offensive line overall did a good job. I think they suffered a little bit in the second half in the run game. And that may have been because no Havenstein, no Tyler Higby, and no backup tight end either, Hunter Long. But overall, still a pretty good job by our offensive line. Ravens got to Stafford a little bit, but I think that was due to coverage more than anything else. And I think Michael Hoyt's playing really well. He had a good game. And is there anyone we need to call out a little bit? Well, Austin Trammell, I know it's rainy, probably a little bit windy. What do we want you back there for? Not for your returning capabilities. No, just ball security. And unfortunately, Austin Trammell failed at that today. And then I guess I got to talk about our two safeties. John Johnson and Jordan Fuller, two guys I typically love, but they were a disappointment today. Between them, really gave up 14 points. Ben, don't break, guys. That's been our theme all year. And we took it on the chin there twice. 
cost us 14 points. Let's review my fearsome four keys to the game. What did I say? I said we need to have balance on offense, need to run the ball. This is a really good pass defense. And we we nailed that. We got away from it probably at some critical times where we shouldn't have. But overall, we had the balance there. I think we needed to win this game. That was not the problem. Fearsome key number two, contain Lamar Jackson. Hey, he got away from us a couple of times, but overall, we did an okay job. I'd probably call that a wash. He had 70 yards rushing. Hey, you always want to limit him probably more than that, but wasn't a complete success, but I wouldn't call it a complete failure either. What we did do, as the announcers noted a few times, is really stick with those receivers for the most part while Lamar Jackson was extending those plays. So shout out to our secondary for that. First, some key number three, let's take away Zay Flowers as much as possible. Mark Andrews out of the game. OBJ hasn't really been a factor for the most part. So let's take away Zay Flowers. And we did for most of the game. And then he started to really hurt us late in the game. I'd still call that a wash. He wasn't their leading receiver. He did his damage, but really just late in the game. That was not what cost us, although his big catch, the third and 17 touchdown, was a backbreaker. And for some key number four, let's hit our field goals. Got to take advantage of our red zone opportunities if they're not touchdowns. No missed field goals, please. And Lucas Haversick stepped up. We got that done. My prediction, by the way, was Rams 20, Ravens 17, which coincidentally was the score at halftime. So I was... I was on the right track, I guess. So let's get to my coach's corner. What do I have to say about Sean McVay in this one? Well, the first criticism is the obvious one on that first drive by the Rams where they settle for that field goal. First and goal from the nine. They had run nine straight times, running it down the Ravens' throat, and then we decide it's time to pay pitch and catch with Matthew Stafford and his receivers. Three straight incompletions, and they settle for the field goal. Now, I don't have a problem with the Rams passing the ball down there, maybe on second down, though, maybe a play-action pass at least, though. But we went straight to those drop-back passes. It was really kind of odd. I don't know what the thought process was there, and I know he's already taken a lot of criticism for that, and probably rightfully so. Maybe it was in the game plan. Maybe it was something that they saw, and they were going to take advantage of it down there in the red zone, but... I'm sorry, handed off to Kyron Williams at least once down there. Now, the other two criticisms of McVeigh, I'm actually going to give him a pass on. The first one was at the end of regulation when they didn't get that timeout called and they were forced to chuck it into the end zone. They didn't have that timeout where they could throw it underneath and then kick a field goal, throw short of the end zone, try to run it in, maybe even hand it off. Didn't have the timeout to do that, and I am told that McVeigh actually had issues with his comms in Matthew Stafford's headset, and that was the problem there. It forced them to call that premature timeout leading to the field goal. So you got to give him a pass on that. And on the other one, in overtime, where they took the five-yard delay of game penalty, it looked to me like Stafford wanted the ball, clapping for it, and Coleman Shelton was having none of it and did not snap it. Now, maybe McVeigh is monitoring that a little bit closer, calls the timeout when it gets down to two seconds instead of taking that penalty. Can't really entirely blame that on McVeigh. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. 
just needed that ball to get snapped, and it was probably extremely loud. Coleman Shelton, maybe we need to cut him some slack too. It's just a bad situation. Needed the timeout. Can't take a five-yard penalty there. It's such a critical situation and really costly. Wanted to real quickly add, I really love these announcers, Daryl Johnston especially. He does a great job. Very balanced, very fair, good insight. I think we saw them once before. I wish we got these guys more. And if the Rams keep up this level of play, I think we will. We'll be getting more Daryl Johnston and perhaps less Mark Sanchez. And a couple of notes on the referees. I did not get that call on Coleman Shelton where they said he moved the ball but didn't leave it still long enough before he actually snapped it. I saw the replay on that, looked at it a couple of times. Sorry, I don't see it. Looked perfectly normal to me. That call ended up not costing us actually, so not a big deal. They definitely missed a block in the back on that punt return, but that happens all the time. Would have been nice if they called it. Maybe the Rams would be sitting here at 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. But for the most part, Riff stayed out of it. Actually gave the Rams a break on that potential running into the kicker. Seems like we've had those calls go against us a few times, so it was nice to see a no call there. And according to the ref expert there, was it Dean Blandino? He seemed to think it was the correct non-call. So where do we go from here? The Rams are 6-7, and seven, for the most part playing pretty darn good football. Should be able to come back to L.A. and gather themselves and knock off the Commanders next week. That's a game they should be favored by, I would think, six, seven, eight points. Unfortunately, the Vikings won. That was not a good result for the Rams. Playoff chances. Seahawks lost as expected. Rams just need to take care of business and see where the chips fall. Beat the Commanders. Beat the Saints. Beat the Giants. See what happens going into Week 18. They definitely look like a team no one's going to want to play in the playoffs, playing really good on offense especially. Disappointing loss, but man, I feel like we're playing with house money here. Very few of us are really expecting the Rams to be in this position, 6-7 and seven, with a shot at the playoffs. So let's just enjoy this run, pull for them next three weeks, get to 9-7, and seven. hope the Vikings and Seahawks take a couple of losses, maybe the Packers too and go into week 18 with at least a chance of getting one of those last two wildcard berths. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.